to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. Alright, we back here at the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, I'm here solo, cutting the intro. Uh, what is today? Today is Sunday. So, Sunday, August 1st. Uh, it's the first of the month. It's Bone Thugs and Harmony famously saying, uh, this is going to be a little bit of an odd episode. I really haven't decided if I'm going to do a full solo episode or... Me and Ibrahim recorded an hour or so last week, but you know, a week or two can feel like three months as fast as the news cycle moves now. So maybe I'll add it as just a bonus episode and y'all can go back and check that one out. Maybe I'll just do this one solo, dolo, who knows? Uh, Lots happened since we last recorded. I got busy with some scripts and some other things, so... uh, Apologies for that, but this is why I do the podcast every two weeks as opposed to, you know, every week because just, you know, need a little bit of time, need some things to happen, some things to talk about. So we'll start here. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks won an NBA championship, which is kind of kind of crazy to see Uh, a small market team, you know. Shouts out to Giannis. He stepped up. He played big. That ankle recovered from that Atlanta series miraculously. He looked a little slow in the first two games. But, yeah, Phoenix won the first two and then lost the last four. Didn't even take seven. Milwaukee won an NBA championship. Haven't won since Oscar Robinson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who wasn't even Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he was Luau Cinder when he won for Milwaukee Bucks which is always interesting because whenever there's no NBA games NBA Twitter goes crazy and everyone just has these weird arguments you'll see people who was better Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Luau Sindor and it's just like you'll see 89 replies and you're just like 89 people had time for this yep that's how it goes when there's no NBA no NFL on you know what I mean you might actually legit look at your lady and be like, you don't want to talk or nothing. Because <laughs> when these games is on, you always want to talk. And even comedy's different for me because typically around 8, that's when the games start coming on, 10 o'clock-ish. That's when those spots are happening. So I'm typically in a bar looking up at the TV in between spots and whatnot. Uh, yeah, Milwaukee fucking won. A small market won. Which was good to see. Because he, uh, Giannis chose to stay last summer in Milwaukee. And I mean, they've added a anti super team incentive to the contracts now. So he could have made, he made or is going to make 25 million or so more just because he chose to stay in Milwaukee. Whereas now, if you leave, you lose like 25 mil or so if you don't choose to stay with the team that drafted you. So they're trying to turn back the clock a little bit on on some of these things. And it's interesting to see, like I said, because last summer they, they didn't make the sexiest of moves, but they made the right move in adding Drew Holiday. And that's, that's the crazy part about the NBA. It's a lot like comedy where there's the people the fans love, you know, the stars, the Westbrooks, the uh, Hardens, 
and all these different people. And then there's people that real NBA fans watch, like Drew Holiday, that is like, yo, I think they said dude averaged like three steals or something like that. And and like five deflections that it's not an official stat, but that's major. I mean, there was a play, I think, where Devin Booker late in that series is driving hard left, and then Drew Holiday just rips the ball away from him and goes the other way and scores. And it's like, yeah, that dude is determined. And he's not one of them players that pounds his chest. He doesn't show a whole lot of emotion. He's been an all-star time or two, but his game isn't the sexiest. So people, when they made that move, were kind of like, oh, man, they should have got you know Westbrook. They should have got Harden. They should have got this guy, or they should have got that guy, or... You know, they should have, I don't know, they should have got D'Angelo Russell. They should have got Steph Curry. You know, people get crazy. and People don't really see the salary cap as a real thing. But it's like, you also got to match up these salaries. This ain't NBA 2K, motherfucker. You can't just override <laughs> a decline trade. But, yeah, they got it done. They upgraded from Eric Bledsoe to, uh, which is funny because if you remember, Eric Bledsoe played for Phoenix tweeted out that he you know had to get out of there and then deleted the tweet and then lied to say nah I didn't actually mean that I got hacked <laughs> which is hilarious because people always use it like people whenever the tweet goes good they never say they got hacked but when everybody gets pissed or when you get fined because he got fined for that you can't request a trade via social media which God bless David Stern he didn't have to deal with all this modern shit. I think uh, Chris Bosh used to tweet from the bench. If you go back and Google Chris Bosh tweeting during games. And I mean, he'd be tweeting shit mid-quarter. Like, this this motherfucker can't guard me. <laughs> and then they'd lose the game. So people be like, I think you need to just play the game, Chris, and not be tweeting during quarters. It just doesn't look good when you lose and you got... 25 tweets about how motherfuckers can't guard you sound like you need to be guard somebody but anyway yeah so they I think David Stern that might have been one of the last things he did was he went ahead and gave that shit up but like nah bro we not tweeting in the middle of games but anyway yeah Bledsoe tweeted that and then wound up in Milwaukee after he left Phoenix so it was kind of the Eric Bledsoe bowl and he didn't get a ring but Tory Craig was a player that played, I think he was in Denver at the beginning of the year and then wound up in Phoenix and Milwaukee and then Milwaukee. And there's some weird rule where if you start the season with a team, you still get a ring. So Tory Craig was out there kind of not playing no goddamn defense and really didn't give a fuck when he missed a shot because it's like, either way, I get a ring, homie. Either way, I win. <laughs> Ah, so shouts out to Tory Craig by getting one of those rings, which I think somebody reminded me Anderson Verajal won a ring like that because he, I think, started the year in Golden State or Cleveland. I believe he started in Cleveland, got traded to Golden State, and then they played in the finals. And I want to say that was the year LeBron beat Golden State with Kevin Durant and them in seven. And Anderson Verizal got a ring either fucking way. It's just always a funny thing. But yeah, 
Shouts out to Milwaukee. They won the championship. Uh, I don't know. Giannis is a little interesting player because of his status as a, you know, Greek. That I was looking at something. You know, they actually didn't give him a green card until he got drafted, which is fucked up. You know, his parents had to move from place to place. They didn't have a green card. And that's what I mean. When he got drafted by the NBA, Greece gave him and his family citizenship. So basically, he had to play for his citizenship and play well. You know what I mean? If he just makes the G League, he doesn't have (laughs) his family doesn't get citizenship, which is fucked up. But I only said that to say. As crazy as people think our border policies is and as crazy as people think it is that we just don't allow any and everybody citizenship, you know, up front. It's like, man, listen to these other countries. Now, here's the thing, because they got a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, too, because Giannis's brother that is on the team, actually, which is crazy. They're one of the few sets of brothers to win a championship on the same damn team. Because mama was going to whoop them if they didn't. Boy, get out there and help your brother win that trophy. You see him, and basically, yeah, that's what he doubles as. I think his name is Thanasis. He doubles as somebody to help Giannis carry his trophies to the car. Because <laughs> I think I don't think he played in the last two games. I think he was hurt or whatever. And they said, doing this for you, big bro. And it's just like, can you imagine if you've got an older brother? playing with your older brother on the team and can you just imagine if you are the older brother and you listening having to take orders from your younger brother it's just like yo i used to put this motherfucker in headlocks like i don't know if i'm really listening to him (laughs) anyway he might be your captain but he ain't my captain i am the captain now soon as the damn shot clock go off back to real life i'm big bro anyway Big brother helps him carry his trophies to the car, so that's nice. He's kind of got his own assistant there. All right. Somebody's car alarm is going off here because New York's just loud. Anyway, where was I? Oh, I was just talking about how trash Greece is. But he's got Stockholm Syndrome because when he got drafted, his brother held up the flag for Greece. And it's just like they they didn't even acknowledge that you lived here. They didn't even acknowledge you as a citizen for over almost 20 years and not just just almost 20 for you and your brother, but probably 30 or 40 years for your parents. That is kind of fucked up, homie. I don't know if you should really be repping Greece like that. I mean, for those of you listening that don't know, he's Nigerian, so. He's Nigerian and, you know, obviously, if you look at him, he looks very Nigerian. And I mean, you know, that's the oddest thing about, you know, I think we played Team Nigeria and lost a few weeks ago. And it's just like, yeah, well, you're all black. So this could all be Team Nigeria or you could all just as easily be from Compton and uh, Harlem. So anyway, I think I said last week it's like when the two Black Panthers faced off that you got to look closely to even tell who it belongs to. But yeah, Giannis won. And like I said, they're holding up this Greece flag and Greece this and Greece that. And it's like, bro, I don't know if you should be repping them when they only gave you citizenship once they saw you dunk. <laughs> they threw him the ball and said, 
Dunk for your uh for your citizenship, brother. I don't know why I made him sound African, mother sucker. I don't know. Michael Blackson, the spirit of Michael Blackson got into me there. But yeah, it's just it's speaking of which, you know, the Olympics is going on. Uh I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but uh the Jamaican girls, man, they out here fucking doing it. Uh you had Shelly Ann Fraser. And she was, you know, it was being billed as a big matchup, you know, her versus Shikari Richardson. And we all know what happened to Shikari as far as the weed test and whatnot. So that matchup didn't happen. And uh, Shelly Ann Fraser reigned supreme, you know. Them Jamaican girls, man, they fucking fast. And I mean, not just the girls, because Usain Bolt is Jamaican and uh, the other girl broke a world record she broke flojo's record so yeah you know they're over there the olympics is still happening with or without shikari poor shikari has to watch from home and like i said them jamaican girls is busting ass shelly ann fraser won her race and the other girl, I'm trying to think of her name right now. Uh, Jamaican girl, you know, they have some very actually white names. Even Shelly Ann Fraser, that is like, you would think that was the whitest white woman. Nope, Jamaican girl. Um, what is this girl's name? She broke Flojo's record. So some American women's records are being broken. Some black American women. And it's just like, ah, we wish Shikari could have been over there. And, you know, we could have settled it because the next Olympics, she's going to be a few years older. And, you know, there's no time like now. So, and yeah, Flojo's record was 33 years old. Uh, what was that? No, 100 meters. And what was her name? Her name is Tom Elaine Thompson Hera. And yeah, she broke Flojo's record. That, that record has been there for 33 years. So. Shouts out to the Jamaican girls. And like I said, they out there killing it. You feel me? Usain Bolt and whatnot. It's like, yo, the shit to me, racing is always about, like, people like to go, oh, it's black people. But it's like, nah, man, how hot is your country? The faster you going to be, you know, these, these motherfuckers grow up racing the sun. You ain't beating them in no race. They've been racing the sun since they was seven years old first person to finish this race gets to come out of the 120 degree temperature and sit in a cool air-conditioned building so it's all about the heat you know people from cold places ain't no russians winning no fucking track and field <laughs> ain't no russians winning no track and field i i bet probably only one and like i said these girls you know the jamaican girls and the nigerian girls they come in first, second, and third, and, and the American black women, too, so it's all about how hot is where you're from, I think Shikari Richardson even is from Louisiana, Flojo, I'm pretty sure was from LA, so it's like, yo, it's hot as fuck out there, you be ready to be done with that race and get, get back into some shade, but yeah, it's all about the heat, like I said, Usain Bolt dominates, it's not about color, more so about how hot is your goddamn country. I'll prove to you it's about how hot your country is. Um, 
you may remember Oscar Pistorius. Uh, for those of you listening, Oscar Pistorius was the white guy. He was a white South African that was also in the Olympics. And, I mean, more famous recently, he killed his... Uh, <laughs> He murdered his wife, so he's in prison now. But Oscar was a white South African that also was an amputee, folks. So it's about the heat. You know what I mean? That it's like a white South African. It's so hot that even their amputees can move faster than our people can move with two legs. And I, I believe this might even be the uh, Cat Williams joke, poor little Tink Tink that he had made on, uh, is it Pimp Chronicles? Or maybe it's the other one. It's the other one that I can't quite think of right now. But Cat Williams, I think this was who he was referring to. What's Oscar Pistorius? That, like I said, it's not about color. It's about the goddamn heat because he won a gold medal with you know, one leg amputated. It's so hot in South Africa. He like, look, I'm about to get the fuck out this sun. I don't give a damn that I don't have uh, two legs like everybody else. I'm still finna beat you around this track. So yeah, it's all about the heat, you know. If you from a hot place, you gonna win them races, dog. Shikari's from Louisiana. Flojo, I believe, is from L.A., who is the other woman? I wonder where Marion Jones is from, but I bet she's from somewhere in the South. And even those football players, a lot of them that are faster, you know, Randy Moss is from hot-ass Virginia. A lot of them are from places where it don't snow. And like I said, this, you know, Thompson Hera, Lane Thompson Hera broke Flo Joe's record and Shelly Ann Frazier killed her race as well. I think the 100 meters, the one she won. But yeah, it's just interesting. And, uh, you know, Shikari's out here tweeting. And I finally seen her tweet, you know, the right thing the other day of, hey, you know, shouts out to the ladies. Because before that, they was kind of on Shikari's ass because she tweeted out, oh, uh, you guys miss me yet? And it's like, shorty. You have not won anything yet, you know what I mean, for us to miss you. And I think it's kind of uh, exemplifies a lot of people's problem with this generation, you know, is that. I, and I, I, I take credit for it, too, or blame for it. You know, George Carlin famously mocked participation trophies. And that's what our generation was referred to as, you know, the participation trophy generation. That needs a day off from work after an election, you know, and needs counseling after an election. So, and we're finally seeing that, you know, come home to roost. That it's just like, yeah, the chickens have come home to roost. You raised us up. You told us we were special. Each one of us was special. And now we believe it. And here we are, like I said, you know, demanding special privileges and telling people, what name to call us or to address us by that it's just like fam this is a casual interaction at a game stop take this game or not either way you're only getting three dollars for this brand new game you brought yesterday however i address you anyway <laughs> i move so fast i i doubt y'all can keep up that was a little joke about 
there was a clip a few months ago of this uh, uh, trans guy in a gang stop and he's just yelling because the guy behind the counter called him sir. And it was just a level of like, look, man, it's a GameStop employee. And like that dude probably makes damn near minimum wage. He's working a nine hour shift. Just take the game and go. Like, come on, bro. You really like that's who you want to assert your power with a little frail GameStop employee. Anyways. So, yeah, back to what I was saying. Uh, Shikari. People were a little upset because she tweeted during the races there, you know, uh, you guys missed me yet? And it was a level of like, sis, you ain't won nothing yet for anybody to really miss you. You know what I mean? And it's like they say about us, we seek that instant gratification that it's just like, you know, Marion Jones was a champion. She wasn't all over Twitter. Uh, that, you know, a little bit with us and even with comedians, you say, do you want to be a famous comedian or do you want to be a common person sitting amongst the people tweeting all day? That it's just like, yeah, let it go, you know, just just say congratulations to all the women who won. And I think she eventually did, but she tweeted before she congratulated these women on their accomplishments. She was tweeting about, you know, you guys miss me. Man, if only I'd have been out there and y'all need me now. And it was just like, not really. And I mean, this is the issue that, like I said, not just with Shikari, not just with women, not just with black women, but with everybody of millennial and now the Gen Zers of we, we think we've accomplished things before we accomplish things. You know, she saw her Twitter followers go from probably, you know, 5k twitter followers to a million overnight essentially with the olympic trials and the preparation and everybody hearing about how dope of an athlete she was and then her getting busted for the marijuana and drug fell in the drug test and not being allowed to that you know seeing that was enough for her she didn't need the gold medals which leads to you know, the bigger story of the last week or two has been Simone Biles that it's like, you know, Simone Biles, for all intents and purposes, she earned the right to quit. She has medals. And a lot of people like to compare Shikari and Simone Biles, but it's like Simone Biles already did the damn thing. You know, she already got out here and represented the country and won some gold medals and made a name for herself. You know, her and Shikari are not the same. One of them has has done the damn thing. And I mean, I don't say that to not Shikari, but just for people who are comparing, it's like, you know, well, one of them has won the chip and one of them has won medals. And I know Shikari's won whatever she's won in college and different things like that, but never in the Olympics. And that's the big goal. So it just seemed like she might have put the cart before the horse there, where it's like, sis, you are you've become some sort of, you know, folk hero almost. But you didn't accomplish the thing. You know what I mean? Me, I'm a comedian. My goal is to be a famous comedian and to have the special, you know, the big hour special. That's a classic. That's the goal. So, you know, obviously there's no drug test, though, for that. Thank God there isn't. <laughs> In fact, they might not let you record your special if they find out you're not high. 
producers to give your ass a joint until you go smoke this and come back. Anyways, but yeah, it's important to know. You know, Simone took some time off for her mental health, which, you know, as I like to call myself a true progressive, as a true progressive, I have to support that decision because I supported uh, Ricky Williams back in the day. Those of you listening, he quit to go smoke weed, essentially. And I mean, he dealt with some things, I guess, anxiety and whatever else. And I mean, he he would never take his helmet off to even speak to the media back in his uh, Master P managed New Orleans Saints days. One of my favorite running backs, Ricky Williams. But yeah, he took some time off like a year Everybody called him weird. He was referred to as being weird. You know, people started calling him gay. I, I don't know. Which, what, what does that last thing have to do with anything? Anyway, yes, people, you know, really maligned him. This was pre-social media, so he didn't get mean to death. But Andrew Luck just quit a few years ago for my Colts. Uh, football player Andrew Luck and and yeah you know somehow it got leaked mid-game and everybody just felt like well dog if you was gonna quit you know game two of the preseason why'd you even come out here and I mean to be fair football is a sport that your body takes abuse and I mean I don't say that shit to make light of any of these athletes because even with Simone Biles it's like you know her training schedule is probably rigorous and she's probably just fucking tired and I get it. But then, like I said, you know, for me, the issue is never what people do it's the conversation that surrounds that people immediately jump to say, oh, well, Michael Jordan took a break. And it's like, well, did he or did he just switch sports? Because I could have sworn he just went and played baseball and. He played after his father died and won that game. And I mean, that's the iconic photo of him holding on to the trophy and uh, crying and laying on the floor. It's an iconic photo of Jordan. He pushed through, you know, he found out. I think his father got killed the day before and still went to play the game. And so it's a bad comparison that it's like. For all intents and purposes, Jordan played 82 games a year. Before he took that break, what was he drafted in 84? So essentially for 10 or 11 years, he played 82 games a year for the Chicago Bulls. Then went over to the Olympics in Barcelona, the first dream team. And, you know, like I said, Simone Biles, for all intents and purposes, I mean, listen, I'm no athlete. That's important to know. That woman trains hard as fuck. Being an athlete is hard as fuck. She's one of the most talented gymnasts of all time. You know, her, Dominique Dawes. What was the other girl? Gabby Douglas. Talented as fuck. So I don't say this to diminish her work, but Jordan's just a bad comparison. It's like he played 82 games every year. We're not counting the practices. We're not counting the travels. Not counting the all-star games. Not even counting the Olympic games. The comparison would be if Jordan never played 82 games a year, but trained and then every four years had to go play in the Olympics. And then let's say for the first, the original dream team, I believe, 92. He just quit after the first practice 
and was the team captain and everything like that. So, you know, for me, and I, a few weeks ago, I'll say this, Naomi Osaka, I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, tennis champion Naomi Osaka, she quit for basically mental health reasons and just said she needed a break. And I mean, her thing was basically the media is just, and I mean, they are vicious and they're, they're ridiculous, the media. It's like, why does someone have to play a game, train to compete in the game? They have to answer questions before. They have to answer during the game. They got to answer at halftime or be fine. That it's just like, we saw what happened. And I mean, you know, going all the way back. And I mean, some of my favorite moments are when players just lose it. I mean, Allen Iverson, practice. We talking about practice. Jim Moore, playoffs, playoff. That is just like, because you got me sitting here asking me all these fucking questions when you just saw what happened. We just went out here and lost. That's what happened. We went out here and we took a goddamn hell. Or we won. And Rasheed Wallace, I think, used to get fined every year for saying he would always say the same thing. Before Marshawn Lynch did it a few years ago, Rasheed Wallace would say to every question, they scored more points than us or we scored more points than them. Because at a point, it's just like, what are you asking? You can look this up. Google uh, JaVale McGee, who is playing on the USA basketball team, Team USA basketball this year, which is weird to even fucking say if you know basketball. Anyway. This nigga looks like J. Cole, so you can't miss him out there. Anyway, he looks like a seven-foot J. Cole. His mother was a WNBA player. I can't remember her name at the moment. But at some point, you know, after they asked him maybe 15 or 20 questions, a reporter just kind of goes, hey, man, is your mother still alive? Like, she didn't die, right? And it's just such an odd thing because it's just like, Dude, what does that have to do with anything? A. B. Yes, she is. C. Like, again, what does it have to do with anything? And also, if, if, if she wasn't alive, wouldn't that really make this interview even more awkward than it already is? So a lot of times there is a racial dynamic to it of you got these millionaire, super in shape athletes, you know, JaVale McGee. Uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron, uh, who we just talked about here, Shelly Ann Frazier, Simone Bowles, Naomi Osaka. And you got these reporters that are, you know, old, feeble, never really could play, sitting here asking a super professional and, you know, basically an anomaly of a person, you know, and a champion in Naomi, Naomi Osaka. 500 questions and really kind of implying that maybe they're lazy or maybe they didn't work hard enough today and it's just like you couldn't do what the fuck I could do in a million years and they used to do the same shit to Serena and Venus Williams that it's just like sis you couldn't do what I could do in a million years but you got 35 questions for me and want to question my competitive spirit after I won 800 matches and lost five. And so, you know, if they get up there and they cuss these people the fuck out, then they get fined. 
If they don't answer the questions, they get fined. So I get even Naomi Osaka going, you know, I'm going to take a fucking break. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of this shit, you know. And we all get fed up with work. But I will say, male to female, the criticism, some of it, is fair. You know, with Naomi Osaka, what she did was more of in, you know, of course, they the media got mad because these stars make them all so much more money. And I mean, you could argue the hell, they make you just as much by quitting because you get to print t-shirts and hats and all these other things and whatever, you know, that it's like they don't owe you to perform, you know, and that goes all the way back to damn near slavery that it's like, we don't owe you our bodies. Let's chill. And like I said, I, I got Osaka, but there is a level and there is something to the point of if we're not allowed to ever critique Simone Biles, if we're not allowed to ever critique Naomi Osaka, if we're not allowed to ever critique Serena, and there are some fair critiques, but overall, they're champions, dog, and they're the best at what they do. So the critiques, they're just about, you know, when people critique LeBron, that it's like, yeah, and he's also got four championships and billions of dollars. What the fuck are we talking about? One match or one game? But anyway, there is something to, you know, if, if black women want the spotlight, they're going to have to take some criticism. And then, like I said, it's kind of up to us to pick through the criticism with a fine-tooth comb and say that is a fair criticism or that is not, you know. And some of this shit is just racist, you know. It's the uh, Colin Kaepernick arguments that it's just like, dude, this has nothing to do with the troops. Why do you keep talking about the troops? You don't give a fuck about the troops. There's a homeless veteran on your corner right now with a sign that says, I am a homeless veteran, and he's holding up a military ID. And he's dressed in full uniform, and you walk right past him on your way to work and get on the train and complain about how he stinks. You don't give a fuck about the troops. you just being, you know, coded racism that people do. Or, you know, it is what it is. So... Like I said, for these ladies that it's like Jordan took some criticism. Ricky Williams took some criticism for quitting. Uh, Andrew Luck took a lot of criticism. And, and, and people are going to mock you and make jokes. That's just the climate that we live in. So sometimes when I see people caping or going so hard for these women. Oh, don't say nothing about Simone. Don't talk about Naomi. Don't talk about Shikari. That you just go, hey, man, some of this shit is fair. Like, and that's just the equality that women don't want at times where it's like, sis, if I get to uphold you, if I get to say you're great, then you also got to deal with the criticism of when it doesn't go well. And like I said, I know with Simone Biles, there was the whole Larry Nasser thing, which he was, you know, a big time molester or whatever, Larry Nasser. But people, people barely mention him because unlike Michael Jackson or R. Kelly, he can't sing. So, you know, the sexy star celebrity status thing always matters more. And I mean, this Larry Nassar was a monster. This motherfucker molested and abused a lot of girls. And you, you, you guys may remember there's a clip of him, and I think he's the only real motherfucker in the Me Too movement because 
one of the fathers, when he was being sentenced, kind of told the judge, hey, fam, I ain't going to hold you, but let me have a minute with this motherfucker and jumped over the desk. And he's a tough talk Hall of Famer, that father, because he did what the fuck needed to be done for his daughters. Like, nah, bruh. And I think this father had two daughters that were coached by Larry. So, yeah, he had an issue with that, you know. This motherfucker was a longtime coach for Michigan State that you just go, you, you really can't believe the stories they tell that you go, he did this to how many young gymnasts? And Simone Biles trained with him at some point, so people were kind of bringing that up. And I think they said something about her brother or whatever, but, you know, whatever the issues the sister's having, I ain't going to knock her. But... For those of you caping, at some point, it's like, yo, people, when people quit, go all the way back to Roberto Duran. Remember Roberto Duran versus, I think, Sugar Ray Leonard? After he beat Sugar Ray the first match, the second match, Roberto Duran comes out and Sugar punched him a few times and Roberto Duran just quit. He threw in the fucking towel. No moss. And then that was the big headline on all the papers. No moss. And to this day. And remember, Sugar Ray was mad because he said, yo, the craziest thing is he robbed me of my opportunity to beat him. Like, yes, technically I won, but people never actually saw me beat him. You know, and he beat me. He's one of the few losses Sugar Ray Leonard has. So Sugar Ray was kind of like, yo, you know, of anything, his ass quit and robbed me of that. So you think about with, you know, Shikari and them that, Really, you know, we got robbed, obviously, by the drug test being failed. And you could say that's her fault. And we got robbed of watching her battle Shelly Ann Frazier. So historically, and, and, and Shelly, you know, as a competitor, might even feel like, well, damn. You know, I wanted to beat an American and I wanted to beat the best they had. But these are the ones that showed up due to the failed drug test. That again, for me as a black man, I got to say black women they're gonna have to start publicly taking some accountability that it can't always be your right she failed the drug says so what we's legal da, 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 da. they should let her run should they is that how things work and then this is where i get mad with some black people because we 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 do this thing or progressive so-called progressive black people because we do this thing where we we get out here and we claim to dislike white people so much, you know, the white privilege this and white privilege that. Wouldn't it be privileged if they let her run despite a failed drug test? And I mean, yes, Megan Rapinoe said whatever she said about pushing for legal weed. That is and 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 pushing for, you know, marijuana and advocating for it. Megan Rapinoe, the woman soccer player, for those of you who's listening. Anyway. You know, she's been advocating for that. But that's not the same as a failed drug test. That, Like everybody told people, hey, even Michael Phelps had to be accountable and take his suspension. It is what it is. I grew up late 90s, early 2000s watching basketball. Lamar Odom got suspended, I think, the first 15 games of his rookie year for marijuana. And several athletes have gotten suspended. Isaiah Ryder. 
OJ Mayo, Tyreek Evans. That is just like it happens. And then that's really where I get frustrated. The non-sports people show up to make these really emotional arguments. And like I said, bad comparisons. Oh, that's like Michael Jordan. No, because Simone really only competes essentially every four years that you go. It's the 25th anniversary of Kurt Angle, the wrestler Kurt Angle, for those of you listening. 25th anniversary of him. They said he won a gold medal with a broken neck. That it's just like he won it with a broken neck and you can't do some flips. And like I said, I agree with her and I respect her decision. But at some point, we're going to have to admit we expect more of men and we expect men to be tougher. And that's just what it is. And like I said, for a lot of us black people that, you know, are caping for these different athletes, it's like, you know, you, you get out here every day and swear you dislike white people and that they are privileged, which I'm not denying. We are not denying white privilege on my podcast. It is a real thing anyway. But then you basically advocate for us to get the same unfair or preferential treatment that a lot of white people historically have gotten. Oh, well, she should still be allowed to run. Should she? Is anybody else allowed to run? That, you know, failed a drug test. Because if this was a white woman, we'd all be, you know, up in arms about that. So let's just let her be accountable. Like they say, the Lord looks after children and fools. She is neither. She is a grown ass woman. So she failed the test. She took it on the chin. What is the general public going so hard to cape for? And then going over to Simone Biles, you know, as I said, we we get out here and say these white people, you know, they all this privilege and they behave like this and like that. And, you know, mental health, that this whole thing is not for Simone Biles because she's a champion and she goes hard. But for the average everyday person that it's like, sis, you're not going to get that privilege. You know, you can be the team leader at your job. Go down there and tell them people you need mental health day. And you might get away with it once, but but you can bet that second day you're on the schedule and you don't show talking about some mental health, you're probably going to be fired. And like I said, I just don't see it as being progressive that we behave. To me, we get out here and say we hate white people and then we act like all the worst parts of white people. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, well, you got to understand I was having a panic attack that. You know, back to this story, uh, the Karen that was in Victoria's Secret a few weeks ago, folks, if you're listening, that was the uh, Victoria's Secret Karen inside of uh, in New Jersey. So Google that clip where the white woman is rolling around on the floor and the black woman's just recording her. Then the white woman runs after her after saying she was afraid of the black woman. She chases her. And tries to hit her a few times. Then goes back to rolling around on the floor. That woman said she was having a panic attack. So like I said, a lot of this is us embracing really to me the whitest parts of society. You know, oh, the panic attack, mental health, anxiety. That it's just like, hey, man, you guys that listen to this podcast, you know, I mentioned Walter Wallace Jr. a lot. He was the black guy last summer in Philly that he uh, had a knife and was kind of 
had a standoff with the police and his mother called the police and they shot him to death. And everybody said, you know, he was having a panic attack and anxiety. And it's like, bro, that's not a thing we as black men get to have. And I hate to tell you that. And I know, like I said, we're trying to think that it's progressive to go to therapy and embrace our mental health. But a lot of this shit is just not a privilege that we get to have. Now, mind you. Simone Biles is an Olympic athlete. You know, essentially, she's a celebrity at this point and an accomplished and well-deserving Olympic athlete. Like I said, I like Simone Biles. She's a little four foot five-ish girl. She gets out there and does all sorts of goddamn flips, man, which I think that's pretty funny that, you know, to be an athlete, either you have to be freakishly tall, six foot 11 or super small, four foot five that Simone Biles may be. And I mean, she did a flip a few weeks ago and they tried to say it was illegal. That it's just like, the girl's so good, they trying to make her moves illegal. Which, if you remember uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that I referred to earlier, known as Lou Alcindor when he was at UCLA, he dunked so much that they outlawed the dunk while he was in college. <laughs> And then that's how he developed the sky hook. So it just makes us better when they try to be, you know, they try to be use this pseudo racism to uh, try to keep us in bounds. So, yeah, they was they was hating on Simone Biles a little with trying to outlaw that flip. But she's super small. She reminds me of that. If you remember the little green dude on X-Men, that his power was like he was like a gymnast or an acrobat kind of thing. So. Like I said, I'm a fan of her. She gets it in. But, uh, yeah, I, this this mental health stuff that, like I said, is to, to me, it's us embracing, to me, the whitest parts of society. That it's just like, you know, they get to be depressed. They get to be have anxiety and panic attacks and roll around on the floor. But like I said, for Walter Wallace Jr., you know, in Philadelphia, that had fatal consequences for him. And people talking about, oh, he's having a mental breakdown. Hey, man, my father ain't never got to have no mental breakdown. My father go get him a, a pint of that Canadian Miss or that E&J, and, and, and that would cool off his mental breakdown. So, yeah, some of this stuff, I just don't see it working out the same for us. And obviously, like I said, for Simone Biles, she's a champion. She earned the right. She has the medals, you know. But yeah, at some point, we're going to have to start just letting our women be accountable. It is what it is. Love the black women. It is what it is. Sometimes you got to be accountable and you're going to get mocked or even laughed at. And it just is what it is. Equality is a two-way street. It's taking the good with the bad. If we can laugh about Andrew Luck, bitch-ass quitting, which I take ultra personal because it was in Indianapolis and we traded away Peyton Manning and we thought we had the next guy, you know, and we disrespected Peyton Manning. I feel like we deserved it. And we're still cursed. Uh, just this week, uh, we picked up Philly's quarterback, Carson Wentz, and he hurt his foot, already broke his foot. And I think the first preseason game. So it's just like, there you go. Another tragedy at quarterback. You should have never got rid of Peyton Manning. And we got a statue of him outside the stadium. And I mean, for those of you listening, we he he was what? He was like 37, I think, maybe 36, Peyton Manning, and gave us 15 good years. We wasn't shit before him. Got us to two Super Bowls, 1-1, one, one, 
and hurt his neck and was out the whole year. And we just abandoned him and drafted Andrew Luck and thought we got the next guy. And to be fair, Luck played great. But if Manny was hurt, he goes, yo, you know, they changed the locks on me. Like, like he got caught cheating on his girl or something at the training facility. Jim, Jim Ursay changed the locks on him. And he was sad. You could tell in his press conference he wanted to cry. Uh, Hall of Famer John Elway picked him up in a helicopter, took him out to Denver, and the rest is history. Made two Super Bowls, won one. And even then, people were screaming for him to be benched for some quarterback that I can't even remember his fucking name. People are just dumb. Champions earn the right, man. And like I said, Simone Biles, she's done the work already. So for all intents and purposes, let that woman be. And uh, I hope she gets her gets her head right and gets back out there in the next couple years, you know. And I mean, to be fair, she had an extra year and maybe she thought, you know, this would be over by now. You know, it's a lot of pressure. The whole country basically is watching you and waiting on the results. So, like I said, I understand. But I also understand as a sports fan, I understand the criticism that Michael Jordan comparison is bad. Roberto Duran gets laughed at to this day. That fight was 40-something years ago. <laughs> no moss. Anyway, moving along. Uh, <laughs> moving along. Uh, I guess we'll get into this uh, Space Jam, folks. That That is the thing that happened, uh, speaking of LeBron. Um, it was funny during the finals to see LeBron came to one of the finals games, which, you know, Chris Paul's his homie. Uh, you know, I think they're drafted like a year or two apart. But Chris Paul, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, and LeBron all kind of have rolled hard together over the years. You see pictures of them on boats vacationing together with their families. It's, it's a nice thing to see. Anyway, Space Jam 2 came out and LeBron was sitting courtside. Uh, he was sitting courtside and... and um. During Space Jam premiere, and it was funny to see because then in that moment you realize, you know, LeBron thought he would be in the NBA Finals. And I mean, he's been in what, eight of the last 10. So he thought he'd be in the NBA Finals and have this big movie premiering all at the same time. And uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. So he just was everywhere in one week, kind of promoting Space Jam without promoting Space Jam. And uh, it was kind of funny to see. But uh, those of you, if you watch Space Jam 2 or haven't watched it, probably go ahead and skip ahead. But I'd say I enjoyed the movie. It was a completely different movie. Reminded me of the cartoon reboot a little. I don't know if y'all remember reboot, but that was a good one. One of the first. It was futuristic-ass cartoon, man. And it, like took you inside computers and you know this was what like 95 so i think it might have been a, a little bit over people's head uh the computers reboot that is but it was a good cartoon it reminded me of like some sort of combination of space jam and reboot and i thought it was cute you know they had a few different characters than the original space jam like it was dope to see yosemite sam out there on the court Oh, and Speedy Gonzalez was out there on the court. So that was kind of cool to see. Of course, he had super speed on. And then they even mixed in some of the WNBA players, which I told my man. I said, yo, <laughs> Space Jam 2 is crazy unrealistic. In the first uh, 
points of the game. Uh, what's her name? Diana Taurasi, who has like a snake body, you know, half human, half snake bottom, takes the ball and dunks it. And it's just like WNBA players are dunking. This shit is crazy. Like, <laughs> how wild is this uh, movie? This is big time fantasy. But yeah, so that was a pretty good, enjoyable movie. Uh, Don Cheeto is kind of the even killed villain, which me and Ibrahim discussed it a little briefly here. If I decide to tack this on to the hour or so that we did, y'all hear us discuss that. And like I said, it's two different times. That's why I'm able to discuss it now. Because after the finals went off, I said, shit, I still got to satisfy my basketball craving. So I was checking out uh, that game. And uh, after the games, I was checking out that movie, I should say. Anyway, it was pretty good. It was interesting, you know. Uh, LeBron. LeBron spray painted his head good and didn't have to worry about actually sweating. So you couldn't see where he spray painted his head in the movie and. I thought it was pretty good. Wood Harris was the coach, which was funny because early in the movie, Wood Harris is LeBron James as a kid's coach. And it's just funny because the last time you seen Wood Harris in a basketball movie in Above the Rim, remember Tupac has him shoot uh, the opposing player after they lose. So, you know, LeBron... If he lost in that movie, it was hard for me. Of like, oh shit! Remember, he was uh <laughs> the dude that shot the dude in above the rim. So if he loses, even as this coach, you know, a lot of movies run together in your mind. Even seeing Don Cheadle in a basketball movie again, which I thought it was kind of smooth and a nice update that his character's name was Al G Rhythm. That it's like, oh, algorithm, got it. Computers, boom. I see what y'all doing here. Algorithm is the enemy. Anyway, just like a lot of us think on social media, oh, the algorithm is holding me back. I ain't a comedy star because these algorithms. That it's like, nigga, do you think Richard Pryor would allow an algorithm to stop him? Is that what the fuck you gonna tell your kids at the dinner table? Well, you know, the algorithm was holding me back or I'd have been the next uh, George Carlin. Hey, man, shut the fuck up. Algorithm ain't hold you back. Your shit was trash. Anyway, so yeah, I thought that was a pretty smooth update on Space Jam, you know. No Monstars. What was this team called? Oh, the Goon Squad. You know, LeBron had AD. Diana Taurasi out there. They mixed in another of the woman players, the African girl, I think, from the Sparks. What is her name? Anna. I can't pronounce these names, man. That's like Giannis's name is actually not Anton Tinkupo. It's actually Undunk Pupo that they, and I fucked that name up. Don't quote me on that. But they, uh, that was another thing about Greece. They, they changed his name to I guess a more Greek fitting name so it's like everybody after the finals was like oh he's a champion now pronounce his name right and it's like fam that's actually not even his name so that's disrespectful that's that's his slave name That's I'm gonna call him Kunta you can call him Toby <laughs> that's all how old am I I'm making roots references I'm gonna call him Kunta so it is what it is um 
yeah, but Space Jam 2, I thought was dope. Like I said, it was a dope update. And they went in a totally different direction than Michael Jordan and them, you know, with the aliens still in powers that it's just like everybody started complaining. And it's like, dog, it's never going to hit like it hit when you was 12. It just never is, bro. You've smoked weed since then. You've had alcohol. You've had sex. It's never going to be as good as something you saw when you was 12 and you didn't pay for none of it. Your mother picked you up and took you to the movies. You met old girl from your math class out there. You had your first kiss. You know, while I believe I can fly was playing. <laughs> so, and I mean, one of the best soundtracks of all time to Space Jam. I believe I can fly. Monica got that one joint on there. What is it? Something about the sun, the stars, and the moon. I'm trying to think of that joint now. But it's a classic, that Monica joint. Uh, Come on, ride that train is on there. These are all like, you know, that, that, that soundtrack was banging. It's one of the best soundtracks of all time, the original Space Jam. So you couple that with the T-shirts and the, you know, McDonald's cups and shit. It ain't never going to be what it was. But I thought it was a cool update. But yeah, it was cool to see Don Cheadle playing in another basketball movie because the last one he was in was uh, The Goat, Earl Manigault's story. For those of you listening, it's a good one to look up about streetball legend Earl Manigault that, you know, he got hooked on dope <laughs> real bad on heroin. I just want the parley ground back, LeGrand. I just want the park, LeGrand. So, yeah, that was good to see, I mean. It is what it is. Like I said, it's it's never going to be what it was when we was kids. But, you know, LeBron's son kind of betrays him and plays for the other team. Like I said, it was good. Anyway, check that shit out if you haven't already. Uh, have I seen anything else interesting? I was watching uh, this joint on Netflix. Uh, what is it called? Tyrants. Which I can't lie, I was a little disappointed with the cover, at least on my screen. It was called Tyrants, so it was about corrupt political leaders. And right on the cover, they had Idi Amin. And it's just like, why you put the brother on the cover? Y'all know who belongs there if we talking tyrants. The cover should be Hitler. He was the worst motherfucker, one of the worst motherfuckers to ever live. Which is actually a funny thing about, you know, being an American black person is that, you know, Hitler is there as, you know, he was the worst guy. But for us, there's really no face to the racism we faced in America. There's no one person to blame it on. However many years of slavery, segregation, mass incarceration. I guess Ronald Reagan held for mass incarceration. Um, Cocaine versus powder laws that he started in three strikes, I believe, was him. And held Joe Biden for the cocaine versus powder laws, if we really talking. But yeah, I just thought it was funny they put the black... The one black, uh, the one black, what's the word I'm looking for? A dictator. <laughs> Idiot mean. They put him on the cover and this nigga out here looking like an African biggie. I mean, he was foul. It is what it is. All them dictators was mostly foul. But that's that's a dope show. Y'all should check that out, you know. And it, it really gets off into, you know, propaganda and how they hide things and you know, even somebody like Joe Joseph Stalin that people forget about. Like, yo, Stalin 
probably killed the most people because I think they said he lasted the longest. But thanks to Hitler, we never even mentioned Stalin. That it's like he was he was horrible. Um, yeah, that was interesting joint. I checked out too. Uh, all right, folks. Uh, what's what's the last thing we wanted to get into here? And I'm gonna get off. Quit running my goddamn mouth. Um. The other big story of the week was the rapper the baby, folks. Uh, he got into some trouble. The rapper the baby, you know, he's started off in the underground, had that big hit Shug, and you know, you gotta be kind of rooting for the boy. He's from North Carolina. It's like what other rapper, with the exception of J. Cole and Big Brother. All those years ago is from North Carolina. So it's kind of an underdog story. Came major. Anyway, he was performing at Rolling Loud Festival. Uh, and I'll let you guys even hear, um, you know, some of this. You know, he was out in Miami having a good time. And, you know, during his concert, he had some things to say. And like I said, I'll let you guys hear it. And then you can judge for yourself and we'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, he, he, he got into some trouble here with the LGBT. And let's see here. Um, if I can find it here. Let's see where these comments are. Okay, here's this clip. I'll play it and I'll turn it up kind of loud so y'all can hear it. Here we, here we go. Ah, damn it. This damn computer or whatever. So we'll play it again. For those of you who didn't hear, these was the comments that everybody has been... Alright, so y'all heard those comments. I mean, you know, he starts off with these and, you know, this is where we get in trouble a little in between the songs. When hey, for some reason people take everything said in between the songs to be very real, that it's like one of my major issues with people getting mad and obviously trying to label him as homophobic is that you know he 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 raps he's basically a gangster rapper which I don't like those labels because you know who's to say who is and what ain't gangster anyway he talks about guns a lot and shoot dealing drugs and shooting people you know typical kind of thuggish rapper anyway Nobody cares that he raps about shooting people and selling drugs and even has beat up some people on camera. Uh, if you guys may remember, Google the baby versus Cam Coldheart and Cam Coldheart was another rapper from North Carolina that he beat this dude up bloody in the store. You know, his pants is falling all off him. And I mean, this was a little bit before he blew up, blew up, you know, 
He beat up rapper Cam Coldheart. And Cam has passed away. So R.I.P. Cam Coldheart, you know. I don't want to be bringing all that shit back up. But it's like, he's went as far as to beat up black men on camera. Straight black men. And, and, and no one had an issue with it. Because they assume all these people are straight. You know, that it's like, okay, folks. Are we against violence or are we against violence against gay people? Or all violence? Because if you're for violence, to me, I'm going to say the baby shouldn't even really be at Rolling Loud. If that's, you know, the standard. But it looks to me more like you only care about violence against a certain community. That it's like, come on, bro. This dude, like I said, beat that man up bloody. He smacked old girl that had the camera that it's like, why do his actions and words only matter when it's women or someone from the gay community? Do his words and his actions should matter at all times or not at all. And I got to honestly say, I'm more in favor of not at all, because as a fan of rap, rap is suspended reality that. In order to get mad at something a rapper says, you have to make it past 10 offensive statements that it's like, okay, why did that one statement offend you? This dude just rapped about guns. He just rapped about robbing somebody. This dude just rapped about, uh, you know, selling drugs in a school zone. You know, he rapped about moving out at 15. You didn't care about none of that. You got to the verse about let's let's take Rick Ross, for example, a few years ago. He had a, you know, put Molly all in her drink and she ain't even know it. That the song is called You Ain't Even Know It. So the whole time everybody's just rapping something, something you ain't even know. Like and then they made that into, oh, you know, that is referencing like drugging a woman, blah, blah, blah. He lost his Reebok deal over it. That it's just like, hey, man. Rapists wear shoes, too. <laughs> that is like, if that's what you think, but then you go, he said so many other offensive things in this song. How did that one line get picked out? And it's a little bit like when comedians tell jokes and someone gets offended that it's like, hold on. I told 10 jokes. You got to the ninth one and now you're offended. But those other eight, you treated them like a suspended reality that it's just like. If this is a suspended reality, then none of this is real. This is simply a character that I'm playing. That all the way back to like a Pop Smoke R.I.P. that died a few years ago. Or I don't know how long it's been now because of the pandemic. But when he passed, people said, oh, he shouldn't have been rapping about that life. And it's like, first off, he didn't even die over no rap shit. This was some street shit. Second off, either we have sympathy for people who pass or we don't. But when Heath Ledger passed, nobody said, oh, well, he shouldn't have been acting like he was about that life playing the Joker and all. It's like, you know, they're both artists. Why does one person, why is one person's art real to you? Although I'll say for rappers, the fact that they go around telling people this is real, I'm real. That does make people feel like it's real, but it's like, None of this is real. A lot of these dudes are married. Two chains is married. Ice Cube has been married for years, you know. Snoop Dogg's been married for years. That it's just like, 
you know, when these dudes is talking about hoes in different area codes, I mean, <laughs> it's up to you to decide whether or not you feel like, you know, none of this is real. So I think for rappers, they get into trouble because I don't think a lot of people, it is a black male art form predominantly. And a lot of people just don't understand us that it's like, even when I listen to this clip, he starts off talking about HIV and that is like a typical hip hop. Like you got to go to some rap concerts to hear it. But it's like, yo, all my ladies, if you got the clean pussy. And I mean, he even says that after, you know, fellas, uh, if your HIV test come back negative, make some noise that it's just like, oh, shit. you know, you got to be listening, call and response, you know, kind of thing. And we as comedians even do it. Ladies, if you ain't looking good and you're smelling good and your credit good, clap. And then the girls with no credit don't clap that is, or, you know, whatever. But it's, it's a call and response performer type of thing. So I think he got in trouble because this is not a rap crowd. This is rolling loud and. I think they had a lot of white artists out there and they just really don't understand hip hop and how we vibe. Cause even when he gets to the fellas, if you ain't sucking dick in the parking lot, I think everyone took that literally. And what I think he meant was dick riding. Like if you ain't, cause in one of his songs, he even says you ain't here asking for pictures with niggas, you know, get the fuck out of here. That it's like, he, it's not that he didn't want to take the picture. He's saying you're acting like a groupie. And, you know, for those of you listening that ain't from the culture, you know, you on my dick, you dick riding, all of that is not literal. That just means like basically you're kissing my ass. You're kissing up to me in the parking lot. I don't want that. Send your girl this way that you can go back to Ice Cube had a song, you know, called back in the day called Get Off My Dick and Tell Your Bitch to Come Here. That is like he doesn't literally mean get off my dick. What he's saying is, if you're a guy and you brought your girl to my concert, why are you asking me for a picture? I'd rather talk to your girl, which again, you could label it as toxic masculinity or whatnot, and it is what it is. But at the same time, it's like, that's rap, that's hip hop. So I think the baby here is becoming a prisoner of not being an underground rapper anymore that now the white people and different people are listening to you and the funniest thing about all of this is he brought out tory lanes who uh for those of you listening if you you may remember last summer tory lanes is the canadian singer slash rapper that allegedly shot megan the stallion in her foot so he's kind of been banned from society and canceled and i mean there should be some criminal charges. Anyway, he brought him out earlier in the performance. So the easy joke is, you know, this dude started yelling about HIV after. So you would forget that he ever brought out Tory Lanez. So you got, you know, two attacks coming on the baby. One is he brought out Tory Lanez. So a lot of the women and the black women are fired up because they're on that still. Like, bro, what are you doing? You got a song with her. We thought y'all were cool. Why are you working with him? And then... You got the LGBT community that's pissed. Elton John even came out. And I mean, I'm running out of time here, so I'm going to stop this and restart it right where I was mid-conversation. All right, so sorry about that. Run out of time. Anyway, 
with this whole the baby thing, like I said, he you know he brought up HIV and AIDS, which again that's a typical rap thing. And I think what's happening here is people are combining. You know, if you ain't got AIDS, clap. That it's just like you know who who would have AIDS and be at a concert. Well, I guess some people would. I mean, you can live longer with it now, but you know, again, these are all if you're in a wheelchair, stand up, and all that kind of stuff that people do. This. It's a little silly and it could be maybe a little, I guess, not politically correct, but it's just typical artists, you know, call and response that, you know, even when who got in trouble? So another rapper got in trouble that it's just like as soon as the beat goes off, you're in trouble, you know, and this was in between songs. He was trying to fire the crowd up. And as a performer, I get it. Sometimes you. A tongue slip or a slip of the words, you know. I, I once, I guess I'll admit this, I had a um I had a trans comic on the show, and what had happened was I was hosting, so I was I got the the two comedians switched places, one being a guy and another one being a um how do I say this, a trans woman. So my intro was for the guy and halfway into the intro, they were pointing and kind of giving me the signal for we switched, remember? And I had forgot. And I had, by then I had already said, you know, this next guy has been seen on give it up for that's the intro. So I said this next guy and then they pointed to say, remember, we switched. And now I got to say already this next guy. And then I said the trans woman's name. She comes to the stage and then now it's awkward because I, you know, when she came off, I had to be like, hey, you know why? You know, I thought he was going and she was just like, don't worry about it. And it's just like, you know, some of these things you just get into this place that you wonder if actions like I said, this guy beating up Cam Coldheart to the point that he's bloody in the face. And if you think that violence against straight black men is not an issue, Cam Coldheart is dead. And I'm not insinuating or implying that the baby had anything to do with it. I don't want to get off into the snitch territory. If that's the case, bring me my meal for, for the first 48. <laughs> you see them interrogations. There's a meme now going viral of a dude sitting in an interrogation room with a, a whole like happy meal in front of him and they say you know this nigga finna snitch cause, cause they split his they cut his sandwich in two for him <laughs> and he's got like the fries with the supersize I didn't even know they still supersize but I guess for snitches they supersize anyway so yeah Cam Coldheart is dead so it's like no one cared when he beat up Cam Coldheart to the point that he was bloody. You know, and there's video of this stuff that it's like, you know, the baby, he's not politically correct. He's kind of a gangster thug character. That's the whole thing. You know, I'm not speaking to his actual character because I understand rap is a lot like wrestling. And it's like there's there's heels, there's good guys and there's heels, you know. The baby a few weeks ago was hanging out with 50 Cent. And, you know, 50 has been a villain in hip hop. He's a heel. He says all the things no one says and makes people upset. You know, even people he's worked with, like him and Lil' Kim getting into it. And I think uh, Naturi Naughton from Power, he shared like a meme about her and she got mad that it's just like 
50's a villain, 50 says whatever he wants. This dude's been shot nine times. So if anything with 50 offends you, the first thing that should really offend you is that he got shot nine times. And even with the baby, like, you know, if we were talking all week about mental health and Simone Biles, that it's like the baby's brother committed suicide like last year. And this motherfucker had a full schedule, you know, full of uh, tour dates and didn't really take a moment for himself to say, man, my brother just committed suicide. And I don't know what the specific situation was there. But even with the uh, rap of the game, the game that if you listen to a West Coast rapper game, you know, it's got the butterfly tattooed on his face. Used to roll with 50 and them back in the day. But the game is a blood gang member. See, that's the first red flag. But every now and then he'll say something like, you know, he said something a while ago about Kim Kardashian while Kanye is still married to her. And I mean, Kanye is still married to her. She's a mother. All these things, you know, despite the porn tape on Pornhub or whatever of her and Ray J that she can't ever get rid of. And some would argue it blew her up. Um, People got mad when he said something about how he hit it back in the day. And everybody would jump to, well, he's a misogynist. He's a this, he's a that. And it's like, this man is about 40 and he still takes pictures in all red. Like, of course he's a misogynist amongst other things that it's just like when he raps about killing people you don't care the second he mentions kim kardashian in the song now that thing is real but when he's you know pistol grip pup in my lap at all times you are concerned with why he has a gun or why everyone he raps about has one or why i think he said that he lost three of his brothers what he say in one song i had to stop i had to turn the shit off i said well that's really sad he said something about, you know, carrying his brother in the casket and seeing him outlined in chalk. And I said, hey, stop this tape, man. This dude, this dude is a hurt person. So hurt people hurt people. And it it just, I don't know if we're truly going to be progressive here. And if mental health matters, why are these same courtesies not extended to the baby? And here's what I really wanted to say. And I'll get the hell off here and stop whining. Not only did the baby's brother commit suicide last year, um, and I'm pretty sure this guy's a high school dropout on top of things. Um, then there's also, you may remember the porn star August Ames. Uh, August A-M-E-S, I believe is how you spell her last name. A-M-E-S. So Google August Ames and she committed suicide like two days after she went on Twitter one of her fans asked her, hey, you know, why don't you work with, you know, some of these porn star guys? And then they named them. And then she replied, you know, those guys also do gay porn. And I don't work with, you know, guys who do gay porn. So long story short, you know, the fans started screaming about how she was homophobic. And she explained to them that that's just the rules within the porn industry of like a lot of girls don't because, you know, diseases will say. These people got mad at her. And it's like, what happened to her body, her choice? You know, if you want to see that that bad, why don't you, you know, go do porn with them then? If that's what you want to see, like 
it just was weird because it's like, wait, this isn't a progressive conversation at all. What she's telling you is the rules within her industry. She's not homophobic because she's telling you how her world works, you know, and I'm not in porn, so I don't know. But it seemed like what she was saying was a thing. So anyway, and I mean, again, her body, her choice that it's like, if that's true, then how in the hell are we bullying this girl into performing with guys who also do guy on guy porn? Anyway, like a day or two later, she killed herself. She hung herself. Uh, asphyxiation was the official cause of death. So when I see what's happening to the baby after these comments, because you got Elton John who has something to say now. Glad had something to say. Madonna had something to say. And, and fucking Quest Love had something to say that it's just like, how much is enough of like, like I said, I understand rap, so I didn't see his comments as necessarily being homophobic. Uh, but you say to yourself, D -d you know, did we learn anything from August Ames' death of like, we don't always have to agree with what people say or what they do. You know, we can disagree. And at a point, we can agree to disagree. Because baby has doubled down on these comments. And to me, I think I would have left it to, at you know, in one of the videos, he kind of says, hey, if you weren't at that concert, then I don't give a fuck. But it's like, you got to say that and then leave it there. Because he goes, you know, my gay fans were there and we was rocking out the whole way. Like, y'all got the clip on the Internet and judged it in some kind of way. And I'll be clear. And I mean, let's bring this up while we're on the subject. Uh, Michael Shea, comedian Michael Shea, that, you know, I'll be careful here because I've met the dude. And, and I, you know, we're all, we, I don't want to say we're co-workers, but we, we know it with each other. We're aware of each other. We aren't the best of friends. But, you know, we're associates. Michael Shea said something, some sort of Simone Biles joke. And again, the only thing I could say was that he probably shouldn't have, Instagram that he should have just went to the comedy club because you can get away with more when you got comedy written behind you. So, you know, similar to this situation that it's like he was saying to baby in the explanation video, hey, there were gay people there. They were okay with what I said. It, it, you know, it wasn't even that. And then, you know, he's tripled down. And I think that's just our uh, energy as black men. And even I've had to learn like, yo, Phil, I think Patrice famously said, make your point, don't let your point make you. Meaning when you say something, just kind of stand on it and let it be. And you're not responsible for people's interpretation. But again, going back to August Ames' suicide, when you got Elton John, Quest Love, Madonna, then you go glad. All these people, he's being suspended from all these different musical festivals like Lollapalooza's happening in Chicago right now. And he's you know, losing money from that because they took him off the lineup. But it's like, how much is enough? And I've said before on this podcast that we need to, we need to go ahead and lay out, okay, here's a fine for saying something racist. Here's a fine and maybe you do some community service. I don't know. Speak to kids at a school. But we need to clearly lay out, you know, some of the... um some of the penalties for cancel culture of, okay, you said a thing, 
But but then, like I said, if you're gonna find him for these statements at a concert, what's the fine for punching Cam Coldheart till he's bloody? And obviously, I know where we at. This is the Tough Talk podcast. We talk some fight stories on here from time to time. So I ain't going to act like I'm against confrontation. But like I said, for those people that are so upset about, you know, these homophobic statements and whatnot that they label as that. What about when he's punched people in the face? That it's just like, you know, how much can you find a guy that you've allowed to punch another grown black man in the face? And like I said, you know, that guy is no longer with us. Violence is an issue within the black community and within, you know, but like I said, that seems to be ignored and excusable. And the message that that sends to me is that we're expendable and no one really cares what happened to us. No one cares that his brother committed suicide last year and he just kept touring. No one cares that maybe he didn't finish high school. No, it's just no one cares in general. But the second, no one cares that he punched Cam Coldheart in the face till he was bloody and they recorded it and laughed at it and rapped about it, you know. No one cares that he, you know, may or may not shot somebody or gotten shot. No one cares that 50 got shot. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but if he says the wrong thing. So we need to clearly lay out, you know, okay, Here's a five concert penalty for saying that thing that you said. You have to pay X amount of dollars or lose it in, you know, concert appearances. And, you know, you got to speak at X event and then you're done. But we need to clearly lay out these things. Like I said, you know, it's at a point you go, how much is okay? You disagree. How much is too much, though? Yeah, like I said, this August Ames girl hung herself after these Twitter battles that it's like, again, whose mental health matters? Everyone's just Simone Biles or the baby's mental health as well. The game's mental health, August Ames mental health. Whose mental health matters? Just people who we agree with or does everyone's mental health matters? So that that's the question, you know, uh. I think that's pretty much it, folks. So, like I said, it just as as someone who I always say I, I identify as a true progressive, meaning I feel like I'm like five years ahead of everybody. Whose mental health matters? Again, you know, did we learn anything from August Ames' death? I think this whole thing is showing us that we did. You know, the second someone says something we disagree with, boom, that's it. And I mean. Again, folks, to be fair, it's like there are things that matter that we can pay attention to. Like there was a politician in um was this Alabama that he he called this girl, he referred to this woman as a house nigga. You know, and this is a politician as somebody that we voted for, you know, into office. And this dude is being videotaped, the Alabama councilman folks that, you know, stood up in the middle of a meeting and called this woman a house nigga. That, you know, she just sat there, which I'll play the clip for you guys. Let's see if we can get that queued up here. But uh, yeah, you know, that it's like, this is a politician. This is something that matters. 
This is someone that's an elected official. Our tax dollars pay this man's salary. And this is what he's... You see here, you know, this woman is in tears, you know, as this Alabama councilman points at her. And I, I guess I'll try to explain it in short. The 76-year-old councilman, uh, what is this guy's name? I think it's Tommy Bryant here. Tommy Bryant, 76 years old, Alabama councilman. That it's like, don't let that surprise you. These are the people that are running our country. And... Glad releases a statement. Elton John releases a statement. Quest Love. This, this is what you should be releasing a statement about. And not to say that the baby thing shouldn't bother anybody, but it's just like, to what level is, is he making laws? You know, is he hiring people? You know, is he running a major corporation? Say like Papa John. Who is this woman's name? This woman's name is Veronica Freeman. That's the black woman he insulted. And I mean, you can hear her sitting there crying after these statements are just and and God bless the sister. She must have known she was he was being recorded because she didn't react. She didn't get up and flip over the desk. She just was embarrassed of like, what in the hell? And then, you know, this guy Bryant tried to blame it on. I guess they got a black mayor down there in this city in Alabama. He tried to say, oh, well, that's what the black mayor refers to her as. And I guess she must be disagreeing with them a lot. That it's just like, you know, why is this not a bigger story? So, yeah, the black mayor down there, his name is Wayman Newton. And, you know, this guy. Wayman Newton, that is the black mayor, the white guy, Tommy Bryant, that you heard on this clip saying, you know, do we got a house nigger here? He, you know, when when they this video came out, tried to get out of hot water by saying, oh, well, you know, that's what the black mayor refers to her as. And like I said, you know, no statement from Questlove. And I mean, I guess you could say, well, John and Questlove are musicians. 
So, yes, they're commenting on another musician. And that's fair. But these are things that actually affect policy and affect change. You know, this guy essentially is a lawmaker. And he's down there using these, this type of language, you know, that is just like, and I don't think he stepped down. He didn't resign. He didn't step down. That it's just like, you know, yet the baby is front page news. So, and like I said, if you if you had some issue with with what the baby said, I, I can see where you were having this, but you made it past a whole lot of shit to be mad about that. That the baby does. A, you didn't care when he was busy punching straight black men in the face on camera, but now you care about words. That it's like, what means more actions or words? I mean, look at the actions of this Alabama councilman. You know, he's calling this black lady a house nigger at a, at a, poli- at a political meeting. Do we have a, quote unquote, do we have a house nigger in here? And refused to resign. And like I said, 76 years old. So you know the type. And, and, and you know, like I said, the quest loves and different people that I get that they're speaking on what's happening within the music industry, but then there's also a level of like, bro, but what really matters? The baby ain't making no laws. You know, the baby ain't in charge of no school systems. You know, we pay this guy's salary with our tax dollars and he refused to resign. I'll have to update you guys on whether or not he resigned, but I don't think he, I think he refused to resign that it's like, and then, like I said, tried to blame it on the black man. Oh, he, you know, <laughs> this guy refers to her as that all the time. And like I said, she's in there crying. That it's just like, God bless. Because motherfucker like me, I think I'd have flipped over that table, you know, on her. So I get it, you know. People are more worried about protecting Simone Biles that it's just like look man Simone Biles is rich and she is taking the time she needs she gonna be alright you know what I mean she ain't crying she gonna be alright I'm more worried about this Alabama councilwoman that it's like she's sobbing on camera bruh you know after this dude says this and mind you it's other men in the room and you know people that I'm sure would think they were her friend or call themselves her friend and, you know, they ain't stood up to defend her. But here we are all online, you know, defending a Shikari Richardson that failed a drug test. That it's like, sis, that's your fault. It ain't this woman's fault. She and her getting called a house nigger by random Alabama politician Tommy Bryan, you know. So i just always see these things as you know almost misdirections that it's just like but what really matters you know if the baby was in office absolutely i'd be like bro you need to resign but as a rapper that's punched a man in the face till he was bloody on camera and like i said this councilman tommy bryant refused to resign so sometimes you know when we get off into some of this protect black women talk that it's like I'm not going to bash Simone Biles but Simone Biles is a strong woman she's a champion she doesn't need me online arguing with people in her defense Shikari Richardson you know she's she's got the makeup of a champion that she doesn't meet, need me online arguing in her defense you know she doesn't need that 
these women are, you know, especially Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka that is a champion, quit. She doesn't need me online caping for her. She's, you know, I think engaged or at least dating that young boy. What is his name? He's a rapper. YBN kid. Uh, shit, what is his name? Corday. It used to be YBN Corday. She's dating him. It's like, you know, he can fight her wars, comfort her a little. She doesn't need me online arguing and supporting her. Now, I'm not going to bash her in the same breath, but this 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 woman here, she need our help. She and his sobbing, you know what I mean? And this guy, you know, called this woman a house nigger in front of everybody at a meeting. And like I said, she's audibly crying. You can hear her in the video crying. And no one came to her defense that it's just like, you know, protect black women. Oh, you know, I got to go online now and argue for Simone Biles that it's like that woman's a champion, bro. She in better shape than me and you like she's strong. Physically and mentally to have gotten here. She's chilling in a mansion, probably curled up in a blanket, eating ice cream with her boyfriend. Like, she's good. You know, this woman's on camera sobbing. And these are lawmakers, you know, that affect. They make policy. And this is how a 76-year-old white man is down there talking to her. And the only protect black women is, you know, because Meg the Stallion, that it's like, sister, I'm sorry you got shot in the foot. But also, I'd have told you not to date that crazy ass nigga. But look, look who you got out here with. Now, I'm not blaming Meg, obviously, Tori. If he did what they say he did, he's a piece of shit. But then again, how many male rappers have been shot or claim to have shot somebody that it's like, we don't care then. That it's just like, you know, when we ask, you know, one rapper to stop working with the other rapper because one rapper that was a male got shot by another male or a camp. We wouldn't be like, hey, never work with him again. So a lot of this shit just it makes me say, how much do we care? And like I said, I, I think we care about the wrong shit. It's like this is a fucking lawmaker. And forgive me for harping on my point of her crying. I don't think I'd ever actually watched the entire clip. I just saw him standing up to call, you know, her a house nigger. But I didn't watch the entire one minute clip. It wasn't on Twitter. But yeah, this is a council member and he's refused to resign. And I mean, y'all know this podcast. We all about what's wrong. We all about toxic masculinity. So in this clip, you know, and maybe she knew there'd be consequences for standing up and whooping his ass and i mean there's a black dude right beside her and he just let her get called that and he didn't say shit he didn't do shit but allegedly i need to be doing something for simone bowels online that it's like bro she's in a mansion eating ice cream and getting the help and the rest that she needs these are the women that need our help <laughs> you know this woman probably doesn't go home to no mansion she probably works hard every day. You know what I mean? What is her name? Oh, no, no, no. That is his name. Her name is Freeman. So, yeah, we need to be getting some help for her. I think we'd be out here trying to protect the wrong black women. That it's just like, you know, not that anybody is less worthy of protection, but it's just like these are our lawmakers, dog. And this is somebody grandma. If he's 76, she look like she a good 60. And this is in Alabama, so... Yeah, I know what it is. He down here on straight Mississippi burning. 
And I mean, he had the tough talk ready for her, but I wish somebody had some tough talk ready for his ass. You got to return fire on these people, man. And this is crazy, you know what I mean? So I think I'm going to close it out with that, you know. who Whose mental health do we care about? Who should or should not be canceled? Are they affecting us in any way? Laws or policy or schools? So y'all just sometimes, you know, ask yourself some greater question, you know, whose mental health matters. Let's close it out in a funny way, though. Uh, shows are coming back. I did five shows in five nights recently, so I'm kind of tired here. Uh, what did I want to say? Uh, yeah, I'm a little tired. Um, I got some shows coming up. I think August 8th, I'm in Brooklyn, folks. And I'll start posting. I'll post my flyers and my stories. August 8th, Sunday, I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, so look out for that show coming. That's really the only date I got right now or that I can remember. Apologize for being scatterbrained. This pandemic's made me so, I don't even know, just off track or whatever. But um, yeah, August 8th is that show on Sunday in Brooklyn. Look out for that. I'll post it in my stories. And uh, I don't know. Like, share, subscribe, folks. Uh, leave us a review. Leave us a review. Like, share, subscribe. But uh, if you're a comedian and you're listening, don't be too ashamed to leave a re- review. You could at least click the stars. Give your boy four stars, five stars, or whatever the fuck you feel like I deserve. You know. And you don't, I don't think that's kind of anonymous. You don't have to necessarily leave your name. But yeah, man, log in, create a fucking account and rate your boy. It's a reason why we don't have, you know, a black podcast almost equivalent to Joe Rogan. Well, I guess this at 85 South show. But even on they shit, they probably only got five reviews because you niggas won't create an account. And too scared to publicly admit that you like some shit. Quit being a bitch, you house nigga. Anyway. <laughs> I will leave on that note, man. Uh, Thanks for listening. Like, share, subscribe, everybody.